Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Matthew 21, well, we'll just go. Verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith, and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree. I'll let y'all get there. Matthew 21, 21. If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not do this which is done to the fig tree, but if you shall say unto this mountain, Mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, it shall be done. All things, whatever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. How about that? All things that you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Why don't you look at Mark chapter 11, it almost says the same thing. But help us to see it. Mark chapter 11. Verse 22, Jesus said unto them, Have faith in God. 23, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, notice it's whosoever, Be thou removed, cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say should come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Notice the receiving them comes from the believing when you pray, right? Praise God. First John chapter 5, if you will. The epistle of John. First John 5. Four, for whatsoever is born of God, better translation be whosoever, well, that's what it says, whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Who overcomes the world? It says, who is that comes to overcome the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus already is Son of God, whether you believe it or not, right? But to overcome the world, he said the one who believes that is the one who overcomes. Now watch here. Uh, Verse uh, 14 of the same opening. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We could dig, dig real deep into that verse. And I think what it would say if we did is, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we dug a little bit deeper, it would say, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now watch it. And we know, next verse, and we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. Back to the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter. Verse 
Verse 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So the promise is that whatever we ask, it shall be done. Started off with if, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, finally, brother and sister, I'm about to we got some sisters here. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavy places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of peace, gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. And then verse 18, Paul said, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And Paul said, Pray for me that others may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to proclaim the gospel. So here he says that we are to pray that with all prayer, Amplifies says, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Then if you'll go with me to Acts, the uh, Romans, excuse me, Romans the 8th chapter. Romans 8, working you just a little bit, and then we're going to let you rest. Verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself, better translation would be himself, Spirit is not yet, see. Spirit himself, he makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together. For good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the first born against many brethren. Now this, um, it says in, uh, in Amplified, so we are assured, 28, that God being a partner. Now, that verse gets lifted out a lot. You heard it a lot all your life. It's lifted out of the context. If you, you don't even have to go to church to hear this verse. 
if you just hung around someone, knew someone who was a Christian, you heard someone say all things work together for good. Anyone ever heard that? Did you did you not have to, you didn't have to go to church to hear it? Well, now you know where it's at if you didn't know where it's at. But if it's just lifted out of context, well, all you got to do is just look around and tell me it's all things working together, what you know of for good. Just study people around you, Christians around you. Is all things working together on all sides for their good? No, so it's in the context of intercession. It's in the context of prayer. It's in, it's in the context of the Holy Spirit coming to our aid. When he does that, all things work together for good, those who's called to his purpose. So, the Amplified said, we are assured and we know that God, being a partner in your labor, we know that God being a partner in your prayer, all things work together. When you're praying with God, the Holy Spirit is your partner, all things are working together. They're amplified. So they're fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God, who are called according to his design and for his purpose. There's a plan. There's a good plan. There's a design. And when we are linked together, as we sang the song, when our purpose is aligned together, then we can have all things that work together for good to those who love God. Don't turn there, but Acts 2.7 says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. God has a plan for a nation. God has a plan for this nation. And, and how he does that is through people, and uh, but he does it through prayer. He does it through prayer. Jesus was a man of prayer. Perhaps no one else prayed any more than Jesus prayed. Sometimes Jesus prayed more than he slept. True? It, he, he felt it necessary, even as the Son of God, that he spent much time in prayer hearing the will of God. I was uh, reading something a number of years ago. It talked about uh, South Korea. It said 40 years ago, Korea was a nation that was only 2% Christian. South Korea. It said, but God found a skinny poor man in an army coat and raised him up and taught him the word, taught him how to pray, then told him to teach his people how to pray. And uh, so he began to teach the people the word, and then he taught them how to pray. And their nation went from 2% Christian nation to over 90%. That man's name is Paul Youngicho, which he's no longer the pastor. He's retired, as it were, uh, built a small little church over there. Uh, well, I'm sorry, largest church in the world. Membership right around 850,000 people. He said the works would just get too big. He couldn't, you, you can't get a facility big enough to put them in. So you're given a time that you can come to a service. And um, so he said he split the work off many times. He said I would send, he said uh, he had approximately 10,000 pastors who helped him. And he would send some pastors off. And he said, we'll start you off. We're going to put you over here. We're going to send you out with some money. And we'll start you off with 100,000 people just to get you started. You know, we want you to have a pretty, a pretty good little start. Well, <clears throat> it was interesting that, that the nation was 2% Christian and now it's over 90% nation. Now, why is that? It's the word in prayer. 
It's not just the word and it's not just prayer. It's the, it's, it's the word and prayer. Jesus said, what things soever you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you'll have that. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you believe when you pray, say those things, believe it in your heart, and you'll have what you say. Amen? But prayer is front and center of that. And uh, also, <clears throat> South Korea's uh, economy is, is backseat to nobody really in the world. For a, for a nation of their size, they're they're on the cutting edge of technology, and they have uh, they have uh, utilized all the resources. So we know that Jesus prayed all the time, didn't we? Already said that, but why? You ever thought why? Why did Jesus pray all the time? Because he had the spirit, the spirit of God without measure, John three thirty four. But if you have the spirit of God without measure, why do you need to pray? It's a good question. Isn't it? It's kind of like. You had the full measure, whatever you, whatever you need for what you need, but he needed to know by prayer. Well, back up a little bit. I know you know this. You're, you're, you're trained. You know this. <clears throat> but we know that Jesus did not come here as, and and uh, he did not function as the Son of God. He was the Son of God. He's the Son of God. But he didn't come as deity, did he? He came as a man who had to be anointed by the Holy Ghost and the power. And so he functioned just like you and I do with the anointing and under the anointing. So here it is. He has the Spirit of God. The Scripture says Jesus had the Spirit of God without measure. He had the Spirit in fullness. But yet he still had to be led by the Holy Spirit, just like you and I are being led by the Holy Spirit. And as he was being led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God said, go here, go here, do this, do that, show him things, show him that. Don't go here, go here. Well, he knew where to target. This is what prayer should be. Prayer should be specific. It should have details to it. Prayer shouldn't just be, let's throw a bunch of mud on the wall, see if something sticks. That's a desperation prayer. And God wants to answer something specific. Having said that, I, th I always thought about Paul Young Cho again. When he went to South Korea, he was very, he, and he was, well, he was already in South Korea, but when he started his mission work in his church, um, he said he, he, he finally got up to where he, he said he had four, uh, I say people, he said he had four persons. And he said uh, he needed three things. He needed a desk, he needed a chair, and he needed a bicycle. And he lived in a little hut, so to speak, a little house, and had a dirt floor. And said so he asked the Lord for months for a desk, a chair, and a bicycle. Well, there was war going on. So getting some of these materials were difficult. However, he, be he kept on praying. Months went by, and he became very discouraged that he had not seen anything on the list. His, his bike, his desk. His chair, a yeah, chair for the desk. And so he prayed the Lord, and the Lord said, he said, but I've, I've been believing you for months. And the Lord said, you've never believed me. And Paul Young Cho got upset. He said, but Lord, I believe I have believed you. He says, you've never told me what kind of chair you want. you never told me what kind of desk you want. you never told me what kind of bike that you want. He said, there's hundreds, if not thousands of every kind. He said, why, don't you, why, didn't, why didn't you tell me what you wanted? You know, I, I never used it. Maybe some of y'all have. I guess some of the stores, you know, Walmart's got the thing where you can do your order right on online or on your phone and then go pick it up and they'll bring it to the car. But you can't just say, you know, spaghetti, can you? I mean, spaghetti what? Noodles? Spaghetti sauce? Both? Okay. What size? What brand? Whatever. They're going to want some specifics, right? 
And so a lot of times we just, our prayer to God is help. More, less, whatever it is, and, and God wants more specifics. So we what we wanna we wanna do is we wanna target our time. We wanna target our effort. And we wanna do it in unity. And we wanna do it in oneness. And so that's why praying in the Holy Spirit is so important. Uh the power of the Holy Ghost uh is being aimed at the right place and at the right time. You don't want to just shoot it here or shoot it there. You want to aim and you want to have specifics to it. Where's this going? What's our general purpose? What's our goal? What's our determination? What does the word say? If you ask anything according to his will, he hears. If he hears, then he says, no, this you have. That's a powerful verse. This is First John 5, 14, 15, we was, was quoting. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears. And if we know that he hears, we know that we have. Well, I know that he hears. And I know that he hears his will. And when I come into agreement with his will, he hears. And he answers. And he answers yes. And I like yes when it comes to prayer. How about you? Amen. So the power of God has to be specific and has to be aimed at the right place. I mean, if you're hunting lions and you go on a safari hunt and you don't know what you're doing and you're just meandering walking through the through the jungle, and you're not paying any attention to your guide. I mean, if you're looking this way and the lion's coming that way, it's not going to do you any good. I don't care how powerful that your rifle or the ammunition is. If you're if you got it, you know, if you got it to the right, and your lion's coming to the left. You're in trouble, right? Possibly could be hurt or killed. Well, the same thing with prayer. Prayer won't be as effective unless you aim it. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. When, when Jesus was dealing with someone who was uh, demonically oppressed, he would speak to that demon. Not all the demons, right? He said, that demon, you come out, you go, you loose him and let him go, right? And so he spoke to a withered hand. He spoke to blind eyes. He spoke to deaf ears. He spoke to those ears. Not every ear, not every eye, but he spoke to the one that needed help. And so we want to be very specific. Real specific. I tell you, it, it's, um, <clears throat> it'll be a, a big help to us as we do it in unity. And that's what we're going to talk about in this moment. And so praying in the Holy Ghost allows us to pray the perfect will of God. Praying in the Holy Ghost, which is equivalent to saying praying in the Spirit, which is equivalent to praying in unknown tongues. People say, well, I don't know about them tongues. I don't believe it's from God. But don't worry about it. He won't bother you with it. Hmm? You know, I told a fellow years ago, he thought it was real funny. And he says, I don't believe in all that. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, the Lord won't never bother you with it. Anything you make fun of that you find in here, you better do it out of ignorance. He said, but anything you make fun of, don't worry. He won't ever bother you with it. First Corinthians 14 says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak unto men. He speaks unto God. How be it in the spirit? He's speaking and revealing mysteries. God found a language of his own that he wanted to give you. And heaven, it won't exist. Won't be necessary. Don't confuse tongues of, an, of a, a message and interpretation with praying in the Spirit. There's the, there's the public side of tongues and the private side of tongues. There's one where we can all pray in tongues and thank the Lord and rejoice. 
there's another thing with the, with the gift of speaking in tongues where it's accompanied with a interpretation of what was said or the interpretation of what was said. But we can all pray in the Spirit because Paul said, I will, or at his will, I will pray with the Spirit and I will, at his will, pray with the understanding also. He said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Who he was addressing that statement to was the Corinthian church, which was the tongue-talkingest church on the planet. He said, but I'm speaking in tongues more than you all. Brother Hagin said this when we were, uh, in 1990, well, he said it many times, said it while we were at school, said it many times after school. He said, I suppose the number one thing, people have asked me all over the world, what's the number one thing that has helped you in your life and in your ministry more than anything else? Have you ever thought about it? He said, I don't have to think about it. I can tell you just that fast. He said, the number one thing that will increase your life, that will help your life, that will bless your life more than anything else is be a person of the word. But after that, be a person of prayer and praying in the spirit has helped me more than anything else that I've ever done or ever I could do. And now he's speaking of 60 something years of ministry with no scandals. Zero scandals. Well, you're praying with the mind of the spirit. Right? You're praying with the ability of the Spirit. You're, you're praying by the Holy Ghost. He's praying through you. Now, it's not Him praying. It's you praying. In other words, some, some people get all caught up in the process sometimes when they were trying to receive the Holy Ghost and, and they're trying to figure it out in their mind and they get all upset about it and they don't speak. Well, that's because you're, you're thinking. Stop thinking. Right? How do you receive salvation? Well, you receive it by faith, right? How do you receive the Holy Ghost? Well, by faith. And here's what you need to know. We're not trying to get the Holy Ghost in. If you're born again, you already got the Holy Ghost. He's already in. You're not going to get another Holy Ghost. He's not twins. But you're initially born of the Spirit, but beyond that, you can be filled with the Spirit. You can be filled or not filled. You could be filled and half filled. Your car could have a full tank of gas or no gas. You could have an eighth of a tank, a half a tank, or three quarters of a tank, or it could be running on fumes. But it ain't going to run without gas. Right? I've never learned how to do that yet. I did it one time, but I had to repent. My wife told me something, and I said, I told her, I said, I don't need to know. I, I know what I'm doing here. She said, Well, I'm just telling you, this car won't run so far past this point. And we're not going to make it to church. I said, I know what I'm doing. Thank you very much. Don't need no information. I didn't say it quite like that. Pretty close. <laughs> I had on a suit. It was Sunday night. It was August. I was headed to church. Had three little kids, four little kids in the car. It was hot in the minivan. And all of a sudden, that van went. Vroom. And that was it. Over and over and over and over. No air conditioning. Everybody's getting hot, sweating. So I go outside. I don't know why I went outside. <laughs> I, I pulled the hood. I don't know why I pulled the hood. <laughs> you know, it's just a band thing. It's like, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, that's a motor, okay. Yep, yep. Mm, motor without gas. <laughs> I slammed the hood, and I walked around the back of the van. No one has cell phones in that day. And I said, Lord, I'm going to be late for church. He said, yes, you are. He said, you're going to be late for church because your wife told you to stop and get some gas, but you didn't need her input. And you told her to Take a lock, and you're in charge. He says, and now here's where you are in charge on the side of the road. 
Well, I can't call to anyone. I'll be there a few late. You know, be late a few minutes. I, there's no way to call. And I said, Lord, would you have mercy on me? And would you give me a miracle to get from here to the next station about two miles away? He said, after you repent to me and to her. And I said, is there any other way, Lord? <laughs> he said, yes, you can walk. So <clears throat> I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I missed it. I was wrong. Please forgive me. He said, I do, and I'll go ask her. And so I went then, and I asked her, and she said, absolutely, just do what you got to do. Let's, let's get going. So I, I, I prayed. I got forgiveness. I got forgiveness from her. I got in the car, cranked it up, boom, took off, drove two miles. It quit right at the pump. But don't test that and try to make it work the next time. <laughs> he helped me with that, and I appreciate that he helped me with that. Amen. So we have uh, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. The book of Jude says, but building yourself up, praying in your most holy faith, which is praying in the Holy Ghost. So people get overcome with, the with uh, and I'm just taking a little detour here. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts 2.38 says, this promise is to you and to all your children and to many are as afar off. If you're waiting for God to do something, you're just waiting. The Pentecostals would call it tarrying. They were tarried for the Holy Ghost. Some was very, they were very proud of their tarrying. They'd brag on, oh, I've been tarrying for the Holy Ghost for 37 years. Oh, I've been praying for 40, tarrying for 40. Well, You'd ask him, why are they tearing? We're, we're, we're waiting for the Holy Ghost to come. Well, in Acts chapter 2, he already came. He's already here. He's, he's not on another planet. He's not in heaven, right? And if you're born again, he's already in you. He's in you. But as he fills you with himself, his spirit, it's just like um, <clears throat> our pastor for Winter Raymond. He said it's like, uh, this is a really good illustration. He said, uh, you ever ate, uh, Campbell's soup has that vegetable soup has little letters. He said, them little letters, they just come on up and they'll come out of your mouth. Not the soup, but he, he said, like little letters that come up out of your spirit and come out of your mouth. But the Holy Spirit's not going to do the talking. Hmm? Who's going to be doing the talking? Well, you are. He's going to provide the utterance and you by faith are just going to begin to speak. I didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I got filled at 19 in an Assembly of God church. No one told me what the reason for being filled with the Holy Ghost was. I never preached on it since then, but I, knew, I remember. So I got filled with the Holy Ghost by a missionary that was there. And he got a bunch of people filled with the Holy Ghost that night. Barbara got, and Barbara got saved, I think. And, uh, so what happened was, um, that went on for years. I never knew the purpose for it, but I definitely got filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, now I'm, I, I haven't spoken in tongues from 18, 19 years old to almost 30. Now I'm back in church again. Someone comes, going to get us filled with the Holy Ghost. I couldn't speak a word, didn't speak a word. Everybody around me was speaking. I was looking at that fellow speaking. And I was looking at her and she was speaking. And they were speaking. He told me, he says, he said, just speak out. And I'm like, he said, no, just, just, it's from right here. Just let it go. I said, 
And I'm thinking, I don't even know tongues. I don't know two English too good. What wonder what kind of language I'm supposed to speak when I don't do English that well. <clears throat> it's all right here. <clears throat> it was in my mind, right? But <clears throat> the tongue, the feeling's not in your mind. It's where I left that night. They encouraged me. I never spoke. Next morning, got up real early, and I went to the uh, the carpet store that I was running at that time to uh, get a crew out for a super early job. One of those deals that we got to need you in here and get it done before business opens. Beauty shop. So I got them out, and then wasn't nothing I could do for an hour and a half, two hours to the store open. So I, I said, "Hey, we got that couch back here in the warehouse. So I'll just go back here in the warehouse. I'll just." Sit down, lay down, whatever. I went back there and sat down, laid down. All of a sudden, I thought I heard someone say to me, "Uh, pray for so-and-so. I said, pray for so-and-so. And And I knew who so-and-so was. And boy, they needed prayer. But man, I didn't know what to ask. They had issues. And I didn't know intelligently what to ask. I've been in a word church long enough to know that we needed some some correct scripture. I didn't know what to ask. It was someone's marriage, and I knew that marriage was a mess. Well, I didn't know what to ask. And uh, so um, he said, well, pray in the Spirit. And I said, Lord, did you not go to church last night? <laughs> did you not see I'm the only one that did not speak in tongues, and you want me to pray in the Spirit? You, did, you do go to church, right? And he said, yeah, I was at church. He said, all you got to do is open your mouth. He says, and I'll fill you. Well, I, I guess it was because no one was there. And the, the night before, everybody was there. And I put, too, <clears throat> I put too much into all that thinking that. So I just opened my mouth. I said, well, thank you, Lord. I speak in blah, 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 blah. Here it comes. It's wide open. From that day to this day. So <clears throat> Paul says, he that speaks in this tongue is not speaking to men. He's speaking unto God. Howbeit, in the Spirit, when he was praying, he's speaking out, revealing secrets. Secrets. Amen. So, praying in the Holy Ghost, Romans says, can help when the Holy Spirit prays through us. He said he helps your infirmities. Well, those infirmities aren't, aren't sicknesses. That, inf- that word infirmity is, it, it means weakness. Right? Not not sickness, but weakness. If you look up the word, it says want of strength, or it's, in other words, the Holy Spirit will help your weakness, which is your inability to produce results. He comes alongside of you, the Holy Spirit, to help you, to strengthen you, and to help you by producing results from Him through you. He takes hold of the situation with you against the problem. We were going to move something really heavy. Brother Hagin always used the piano when he taught this. He said, if we was going to move it, he'd point to a baby grand. He said, now, after service, if I tried to move it, I might have moved it for some, but I couldn't move it much. But if I asked, you know, about eight or ten men after service, would you come up here and help me take hold of this grand piano? All of you, together, let's take hold of the weight against the weight. Take hold of the piano against the weight so we can move it easily. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and helps you take hold of the situation 
producing results that you can't produce on your own. You don't know all things. And he prays out the perfect will of God. Perfect will of God. Amen. What a benefit, right? So the Holy Spirit also produces results that we cannot produce in our own ability uh, because he knows all things. And so God's moving in this direction, I believe, more and more in the sense of that we are doing this together. You know, we're, we're praying in harmony, almost like an orchestra. We're, we're, we're coming together. Each one has their part. Each one has their instrument. Everyone has a different tongue. Everyone has a different gifting. Everyone has something that they're putting to. No one has it together by themselves. There's some things that you want to effectively pray out as good by ones or twos that you will in a multitude of people, which is all the reason for united prayer or corporate prayer so that we can get the greater result of everyone that is there. Amen. It's not, it's not the sense that it takes 50 people to get it done because there's some things you can just do by you and the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, you're supposed to have your own private prayer life. True. But there's some things that God legislates to the corporate body to, in a corporate setting that we are to do united in prayer. United in prayer. And uh, <clears throat> let's look at the book of Acts in the fourth chapter. And not a better uh, illustration of this than, than Acts chapter 4. Several places you could you could look at it. But Peter and John had went to the gate temple. They'd raised up a man who'd been lame. Uh, they got in trouble for it, for helping people. You wouldn't think you'd get in trouble for helping people, right? But when you read the miracles of Jesus, either he was the wrong person to help, they didn't like him helping, or he helped people on the wrong day. The woman, remember, that had a spirit of infirmity, how long she have it? 18 years. They said, well, you, you, you healed her on the wrong day. So she was bowed over. She couldn't, she couldn't stand up and Jesus got her healed on the wrong day. They said, there's six days for men to work. Let them come, let them come this. Well, she'd been coming. Y'all ain't been helping her. And now he's helped her and they're mad because he's done it on the wrong day. There's religion for you. Mean as always. Right? Helped on the wrong day. How about that? Well, Acts chapter four. And uh, so they got they got him healed. They got in trouble. They they they're brought before the magistrates. They they uh, ask him this question. They want to know by what power did you do this? They said it's not by our power, but it's by the but it's by Jesus Christ, the one that you crucified. Made them all really mad. And uh, so they threatened him, and that didn't do a whole lot of good. So then they beat him for doing this. And then Peter and John uh, went back to the went back to their people. And uh, verse 24, I think it is. Yeah, 23. So now they're back with their own company. And that's the word it uses. And send, now, now they've already scolded them, beaten them, sent them back, told them don't ever, don't ever use this name of Jesus anymore. And verse 24, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. When they heard it, they lifted up their voice to God. Watch here. Now notice they, it was the two of them, Peter and John, did the miracle. Now they're in trouble for doing a miracle. 
They've been threatened, they've been scolded, they've been beaten, and now they're sent out and told, don't you ever preach the name of Jesus anymore. They went back to their own company of believers. Okay, now we're together. They reported what happened. They told them the whole, the whole testament what happened. And when they heard that, this is what the whole company did. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? And the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. In other words, they threatened us. They beat us. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your service. They're about to ask for something that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal. The signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. When they were all assembled together, the place was shaken. The people weren't shaken. The very place was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. But they'd already been filled with the Holy Ghost, so you, could, so you can get a refilling. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the multitude then that believed with one heart and soul, neither said so on and so on and so on. So what was their request? Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto your servants what? Boldness, that we may speak your word. And then they ask, um, by stretching forth your hands to heal, the signs and wonders may be done by the name of the whole child Jesus. Now, who did they ask him? Mm-hmm. One of them? All of them. With one accord, with one voice, targeting one area, using all their faith in this area, making their request in one area, right? Boldness and signs and wonders and miracles. Wonder how it turned out. Well, here it is. Acts chapter 5. Here's the answer to that prayer. The very next chapter, Acts five twelve, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter's passing might overshadow them and some of them. There came a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. And they were healed every one. So they asked for boldness. They asked for signs, wonders, and miracles. In Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, they get the answer. They get signs. They get wonders. They get miracles. The, 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 the church is added to, right? Uh, it's so powerful that they can't get to Peter, so they just put their people on who are paralyzed on stretchers or couches, you might say, 
lay them on the ground so that when Peter passes by, that if his shadow can just cast over them, they believe they can get healed with a shadow. Hmm. Now, if you want to know how everything works the same, look at the next verse, 17. And the high priest rose up, mad again. Signs of wonders and miracles, they're mad again. So don't look for everyone to be so happy. So they were praying in harmony. They're praying the same thing, and they're saying the same thing. One wasn't praying for the church finances, and, and the other one over in another corner praying for souls. And the other one over there praying for uh, grandma's uh, arthritis. Those are all fine things to pray for. But they're all praying together, united prayer, corporately. There's some things that you can only get done corporately that you, that you don't get done as well or don't get done by one. One puts a thousand flight, two puts ten thousand flight. Amen? So as we target, as we get very specific about it. So when Paul Young and Cho, he said, how come I don't have? He said, because you never told me what kind of bike or desk or whatever. Well, he, he got very specific. And within two months, he said, he, he asked for an American bike, which would be really tough in wartime uh, to get a bike at all. But to get an American bike was just asking for, like asking for, uh, what's his name? He said, ask for the sun to stand still for, for hours. Well, that's what he got. He got an American bike. And he got a desk. And he got a chair. He said, no, I use them same principles to build a church of about a million people. He said, I would see it. I had to see it inside before I could see it out there. I had to meditate. He used the word incubate it, that process, like an incubation. He said, I had to incubate the vision till I could see in me clearly to have the faith to go do out there. And he said, so I would incubate from 100,000 people to 200,000 people to half a million people to three-quarters of a million people through an incubation process just simply called meditation and seeing it with the eyes of the Spirit, not my eyes. 